So you wanna know how to create a program. Well, in today's show, we're gonna talk about how we take the testing results that we do in testing week at Unity Gym and in the UMS online coaching program and how we use that data to create a customized program for every individual. Make sure you stick around because there's gonna be a lot of really cool stuff coming out of this session. All that and more coming up. Hi everyone, in case we haven't met, my name's Rad Burmeister. I'm one of the co-founders of Unity Gym and co-creators of the UMS, the Unified Movement System, where we turn driven people into superhumans. The way we get such astonishing results with our members is that we've created a program that has a balance between strength and flexibility. If you want to know how we do that, grab one of the free downloads, the Flexibility Blueprint, the Strength Blueprint, or the Nutrition Blueprint. There's a link in the description of this video for all of them. And uh, get started on your journey to superhuman. As always, I'm joined by Phil White, our resident physiotherapist, and um, just good buddy. How are you, Phil? Very well. Uh, I like that you've got a fresh cut in here. There was a, Yeah, man. You know, yeah, look a, at this. A haircut emergency. It was at yep. 10.45, rushed off to get uh, this fresh cut. So I hope everyone's mm -hmm. really appreciating that. I know the podcast listeners can't quite experience it, but it is looking fresh. <laughs> well, so. I'll tell you and the viewers why I got such a fresh haircut. It's because, drumroll please, this afternoon I am reinitiating our weekly workout videos for YouTube, and we've got some crackers coming. I'm going to be filming three middle splits workout videos that are all about end range strength. This is going to be cutting edge stuff if you're not part of our uh, mobility masterclass and you've never seen this stuff before. So it's going to be pretty cool. So I have to look good. Love it. I have to look good for the videos. Yeah, I mean, it is all your videos that are going viral at the moment. <laughs> it is, so it guess, is. It's know, all the ones gotta... that have me commenting, <laughs> so, uh, uh, commentating. So um, today, uh, do you even know what we're talking about? Today? Absolutely. I've been all over this. You've yeah. been? Okay, awesome. Yeah. So yesterday we spoke about uh, testing with the, at Unity Gym and in the UMS online coaching program. Every six weeks we do a testing week. And uh, that testing week tells us a whole bunch of data about uh, imbalances in the body where there's structural imbalances. Then we use that data to create a customized program. But what I want to talk about today is basically how you put together a basic program. So what do we do when we know that somebody um, is weaker on the left side than the right side with dumbbell chest pressing? Um, how do we use that information? What do we do? So the first thing we do is once we find out that somebody has a unilateral imbalance, we always treat a unilateral imbalance, meaning an imbalance from left side to right side or vice versa, uh, as a priority. So when somebody has, an, has, a, has a real strength discrepancy from one side to the other or flexibility discrepancy, we look to correct that first. Um, and then we move on to um, imbalances from agonist and antagonist, meaning op opposing muscle groups. So all that aside, we're going to talk today about basically how we put together a, a really good program that gets amazing results and keeps people moving well because it's um, it seems second nature to us, but when we talk about this stuff to a lot of people, a lot of people still don't understand this and they don't get it. And um, I guess one of the first things that I'll talk about is um, is the idea of having enough rest period between training the same muscle groups. So the research shows that for optimal results, for optimal growth, optimal recovery time, and to make sure that you don't you don't want to you know train hard, get a, a, a training stimulus that causes growth, but then not train again for another week or two, that's not optimal. But also you don't want to train hard, get a training stimulus to cause growth, but then train the next day, trying to do the same thing again, that's not optimal either. So what the research shows is that you actually need to rest between 48 to 72 hours on the same muscle group before you train that again. And that is something that we do in the UMS coaching program. So we do upper body pushing and pulling on Mondays and Thursdays, and we do lower body pushing and pulling on Tuesdays and Fridays. 
Yeah, anything you want yeah, to add? Yeah, I, I think when we're talking about optimal, that's kind of optimal for um, performance, but it's also optimal for avoiding injury. And if you've heard all of our talking before, it's all, all been you know pretty much that for 90% of the injuries that you occur, they come from load management issues. So this is really getting to that heart of that load management issues and really coming up with a smart program is going to be one of the best ways to um, yeah, injury-proof you going forward into your training. And I think that's a really important thing to drive home. I know Phil loves driving this home, but um, I want to take this opportunity. I've been training for a long time now. I'm 42 in a couple of months, and uh, I'm in better shape than I've ever been, despite having a really bad injury last year. I'm still in really, really good shape, and my body's performing really, really well. And the reason why that is, is because I didn't train this way when I was in my 20s. In my 20s, it was all just about training as hard as I could and trying to you know, get to that next goal as quick as I could. Uh, and I didn't understand how to balance the body. And when I started to learn about it, once I became a professional trainer and I started to go to workshops and seminars and work with you know, world-class coaches, um, I started to realize that I actually knew almost nothing about creating a balanced program. And... It should be a real priority for um, anyone that isn't a professional athlete that doesn't have a goal to like win a gold medal or, or something that is that is there's so much riding on it that if they get it they can set themselves up in a way that is is not important to me but but if that's you then fair enough but let's take that example aside anybody else you should be designing your program with longevity in mind it shouldn't just be about what can you achieve in a short period of time because. Um, you know, our gym is filled with people that have come to us because they say, look, I'm just so sick and tired of feeling sore and injured all the time and I want to do something that's going to make me feel better. Yeah. And that can be, I guess, I think one of the enemies of people training well and, and kind of and, and of physio is, is human nature. And human nature is that you, you go for that kind of next shiny thing and you just want to, you know, you get kind of distracted by, you know, something something cool that you want to be able to achieve that you've seen on the internet. So I think kind of... And that's hard, man. man that's hard I totally to agree. Like, that. it's hard. It's so hard to avoid still hard avoid for that. me to avoid that. Exactly. You know? So um, going back to the beginning of the year when we talked about goal setting, it, it, you, you really have to try and think big picture about, like, your long term, but then also the steps you take to get there and then try and align all of those goals together. So it means that, you know, you can explore some of that fun and exciting stuff that keeps you in engaged in training because the best training you can do is the one that you'll actually turn up and do mm -hmm. so it's all about figuring out that sort of master plan of like where you want to get to and then the path you get there and you know it might not be optimal for getting into there the quickest way possible but if you're if it's all about you know staying with it enjoying it along the way um having the skills to develop your program in line with your goals is so key so i think it's a really uh yeah key topic that we're getting into today about um you know finding a you know meaningful pathway forward with your program that plays into your long-term goals and i I just rec really recommend people if you haven't gone back and uh, listened to Yanni talk goals yeah, for nine days, yeah, that you yeah. give it a go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and then, you know, th this is going down a little bit of a, of a sidetrack here, but I just want to touch on that as well. You know, we're fighting a war um, at the at the moment with for mental space. You know, when we, these these devices that we've all got now, like everyone's got a smartphone, and you know, I. I mean, and I'm as guilty as anybody of it. it my thing is, though, I'm trying to be quite disciplined that I consume content and, you know, use my time on social media in a way that it propels my business forward and my training forward rather than just meaningless stuff. But if you just sit on a bus or a train, um, at least in Sydney, and look up from your phone and just look around, everyone is on their phone, right? So we're, we're fighting this battle where we're trying to, um, you know, 
uh, categorize the shit that goes in our head into stuff that's useful and stuff that's useless. And a lot of what, you know, touching on what you were saying about, um, you know, the shiny object things, like if you're not aware of this and if you just consume um, content with, like without any concern as to what it's doing to your mind and to your focus, then you can so easily get sidetracked. And even though you set a plan for yourself with your training, you can go, oh man, I'm going to go into the gym tomorrow and try that move that I'm not even close to being ready for, but it looks so cool and I want to be able to do it. And it's really important that, you know, when you come up with a program that you do your very best to just stick to that program, regardless of what new thing pops up in your next mesocycle, in our case being six weeks, that would make you think, oh, but I want to try this. Because you wrote that mesocycle, you wrote that plan knowing where you were and knowing where you wanted to be. And we all get sidetracked halfway through it. It's hard. And we recognize that. And so, uh, yeah, today we'll get into the uh, meditators of the actual how to how to get this program happening. So mm-hmm. hopefully after yesterday, you get a bit of an idea of why we do the structural balance testing and, mm-hmm. and you know, with all the stuff we've been putting out about the process of how to do it, hopefully that's pretty clear now. So what do you do with that information, Rad? So, well, the, the what I want to talk about before I talk about what you do with that information, because that's very specific to the UMS, what I want to talk about is is the most basic level of how to put a program together that makes you more balanced and not less balanced as you get as you get stronger and i really believe that for, for, for me for what i believe in i don't like going the bodybuilding way which is talking about muscle groups which is saying i'm going to train my chest and my biceps today or my back and my triceps or whatever it is whatever the split that you do i believe in talking about movement patterns so we break movement down into in our program split into three categories we have bent arm strength which is any movement any upper body movement that involves bending the elbow if the elbow bends in the movement it's called a bent arm strength movement. Then we have uh, lower body and lower body, the primary movements that we do are squat and deadlift. Um, but the uh, And I'll talk about what they're paired with in a sec. And then we have straight arm scapular strength. And straight arm scapular strength refers to upper body movements where the elbows stay locked out, where the movement occurs from scapular protraction, retraction, elevation, and depression. Um, so that's a split that we really like. And that's, that's called a program split where we do bent arm strength Monday, lower body Tuesday, straight arm strength Wednesday, bent arm strength Thursday, lower body Friday, straight arm strength Saturday. Now, not everybody has to do that. We have members that say, look, I can only train three days a week. No problem. We, we teach people how to um, you know, change the split that's specific to them. Some people do the two lower body days and one bent arm strength day. Some people do the two bent arm days and one lower body day. Some people do one bent arm, one lower body, and one straight arm. Like it's, It depends on what, you're, what you can fit in, but the program can be customized to you depending on how little or how much you can train. Okay? Yeah, and so, I guess priorities come into that as well. I imagine with the uh, straight arm is particularly relevant for calisthenics. So absolutely. calisthenics is more of your goal, and you probably more heavily weight the the straight arm days. And you know, uh, absolutely. And you, but you know what? I'd like to touch on that. What I have learned from experience, and um, what I've seen some of my other friends that are people like Aaron from Origin of yeah. Energy that have that have talked um, to me about it. Uh, if through our own discovery, we have found that bent arm strength has a much greater impact on your overall strength than straight yeah, arm strength does. Yeah. So even though my goals are heavily revolved around calisthenics, I now prioritize bent arm strength because yeah. I tried prioritizing straight arm strength for a couple of years and it didn't deliver the results that I saw that Richard and Yanni got from going the other way, yeah. prioritizing bent arm strength. And they d- basically did that from a default setting that their goal was more to be as strong as possible with weightlifting, uh, and my goal was very specific to calisthenics. So I do want to I do want to clarify that. Like yeah. I I love straight arm strength; it has a massive part in the UMS. But I do believe that if you had to 
cull something and say, what am I going to focus on? I would do bent arm strength over straight arm strength. So you've got that, you've got your goals, you've got your priorities, you've, you've figured out how you're going to do it. Now, the way that you need to write a program is you need to balance pushing and pulling. And this happens in the upper and lower body. Uh, if you've heard this pushing and pulling concept, a lot of people have only heard to it as uh, horizontal push and pull and vertical push pull. But we talk about it in the lower body as well. And I'll explain that in a minute. So with bent arm strength, what it means is we break it down into horizontal pushing and pulling, which means that your arms, if you were standing straight, if you so if I was standing vertically, if I was standing upright, if my arms move away from my body, they're moving horizontally along the ground, and that's a push. And if they're moving towards my body, they're moving horizontally in a pull. And if they go up like this, that's called a vertical push, and then down like this is a vertical pull. So examples of horizontal push and pull would be, in weightlifting, would be a bench press and a bent over row. You might be getting confused here because, you think, well, in a bench press, my arms are moving up and down. Yes, they are, but how are they moving in relation to if I was standing upright? Yeah, talking the anatomical position is that's standing. Right. In this standing, position, that's so. right. So horizontal push and pull, bench press, bent over row, or in calisthenics, uh, push up and a ring row would be examples. Vertical push pull, uh, standing barbell shoulder press would be a vertical push, but also a handstand push up would be a vertical push. Even though you're upside down in one, there's still the arms are still moving vertically above the head. Uh, and a pull-up would be a calisthenics movement of a vertical pull and a um, lat pull-down would be a weightlifting and with movement. A, so for a dip, for example, would you put that in the vertical uh, vertical push? That's a really good question and it's an interesting one. Um, I used to call it as a horizontal push because it trains more of the pecs than it does the, the deltoids. Yeah. But since I've learned about gymnastics programming, uh, in gymnastics, at least at least for the people that I've learned gymnastics of, so don't tell me, oh, Dimitri from whoever, um, you know, yeah. teaches it this way. I'm sure there's people that teach it differently, but from the person that I've learned of, uh, they call it a vertical push-pull. And that's because in gymnastics, a perfect dip, you are actually in a vertical position. So yeah. your, your, your arms are pushing downward in a vertical yeah. uh, pattern. So I do call that a vertical push, a yeah. dip. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this horizontal push-pull idea and the vertical push-pull idea is just such a, a key concept to understand because I really find, um, you know, a lot of people who come in to see me and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't train in a gym, but I do lots of, like, body weight stuff from home. And so I do, like, you know, my upper body stuff. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, so what is it? And they're like, oh, I, you know, I'm doing the, the, a push-up challenge at the moment and I, I get some burpees in there and, you know, and I, get, I go down to the park and I do some dips. And yep. so it ends up like... It's just push, push, push. It's push, push, yep. push. And so I think it's really key to, if you can break it down to these really key, to, un, easy to understand terms, you don't need to know your anatomy. You don't need to know what, you know, chest and biceps and back yeah, and tries yeah, are. This muscle All you need to muscle, think yeah. is like, am I pushing something away or am I pulling it towards me? Yep. And that, I think, can really make it easy to understand just how you're, you're building, you're building uh, structural balance into your training because it's just so many issues come from people spending all of their time, you know, in this position on their phone yeah. or this position on yeah. the computer or this position on the, like while they're driving. Um, and like, and, and you know what's amazing? And sorry, I just got to have a quick shout out. Um, Quok, thanks for tuning in, brother. And yes, my uh, fresh cut is looking good, isn't it? Um, so, you know what's really amazing is that we get so many people that come in here that have compromised shoulders and they've got shoulder impingement and pain and, and they, they really believe that they need a customized program, that their issues are yeah. unique. And just by putting them into the UMS yeah. with a balance between pushing and pulling, within a month they're like, oh my God, my shoulders have never felt so good. Yeah. Just by creating that balance. And um, if you want to go for even further... Um, uh, uh, you know, proof of this. Um, you can look at somebody that does a really different style of training than us. Um, Sebastian Oreb, who's an Australian strength coach, we talk about him all the time on this show because he's, he's got so much skin in the game. He's 
one of the strongest people in the world. He trains some of the strongest people in the world, or he, he actually trains the strongest man in the world, um, Thor Bjornsson. Um, and when you ask him what is his secret to his upper body strength, he says, I do a one-to-one -one ratio of push and pull. Yeah. That's it. When he gives you a, a one-sentence answer, that's what he says. Yeah. He says, I, I, do, I do horizontal pulling as much as I do horizontal pushing. And I know we're trying to stay away from physio kind of stuff in this show and keep it more strength and, and, and flexibility, but I just say that I think that's a really key thing that, you know, people want these specialized programs and physios I've often given like, you know, if you've got sort of shoulder pain and maybe it's a rotator cuff dysfunction, then they're like, oh, well, here's a, you know, rotator cuff strengthening exercises. But that totally ignores like how the um, the shoulder functions, which it, it no matter how strong your rotator cuff is, if your shoulders are, are bent forward and you're not able to, you know, rotate your scapulas to lift your arms up over your head and, and you're, you're closing down the space and causing your rotator cuff to get, um, you know, have impingement while you're lifting your arm overhead, like no amount of strength in that muscle will change that movement pattern. Yeah. So it all comes down to that that balanced program yeah. and so it's so key to and these these movement patterns that we're talking about here um there's a they're, they're called primal movement patterns they're the movements that have been identified as if we go back to caveman times these are the movements that we we must ha have evolved with which is called a horizontal push pull vertical push pull squat lunge bend and rotation and you can put almost anything that a caveman would have had to do into those patterns you either would have had to lunge down to pick it up squat down to pick it up bend down to pick it up um, rotate to throw the spear or the rock or push or pull away from you so that's yeah. why they call it primal movement patterns and at the most basic level of program design it's very very important to um to, to include these patterns and to do them as a one-to-one -one ratio where a lot of people get it wrong and what i used to get it wrong was I would be looking at my body from a, um, the, a muscular perspective where I would look at myself in the mirror and think, oh, I need to build my chest more or I need to build these muscles more. I'm going to train those muscles. And that has always delivered really bad results in myself and in anyone that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, the mirror muscles in, are yeah. a common one where people will just smash the, uh, the chest muscles that they'll do, you know, uh, bench press, dumbbell flies, um, you know, these yep. machine Whereas, flies and they'll do their abs and end up just becoming so dysfunctional yeah. and can't even lift their arm up over their head yeah. because they've just got so much, yeah. yeah. So what we can do, we can bring it back to what you said before. How do we, how do we use the UMS um, test yeah. results to create a program? So we've got a split and the split in the UMS doesn't change. We have, as I said, Monday bent arm strength, Tuesday squat and hamstring. So when you talk push and pull as far as the squat goes, even though there's a, a bunch of joints that are moving, but we talk about what's going on in the knee. So in the squat the knee is extending and in a hamstring curl the knee is flexing okay so that's like a opposing muscle group movements even though the hamstring is used in a squat and you know if you want to get really specific about it but that's uh, we have to we have to include hamstrings and squats somewhere so we do it there uh, then we've got your, your straight arm scapular strength and even in the straight arm scapular strength we do push and pull so we do planche movements that involve protraction of the scapula and uh, flexion of the shoulder and we pair it with lever movements that involve depression and retraction of the scapula and extension of the shoulder. So that's a push-pull. Um, and so, so we've got the split Monday to Saturday. You do your testing week and then the testing tells you out of a horizontal push-pull is the bench press weaker than an incline bench press or vice versa? Is your, when you've done dumbbell pressing, was one arm stronger than the other? Um, is a front squat stronger than a back squat or stronger than a split squat, which is a unilateral thing. So we get, we get this data that tells us imbalances and then we use that data to decide 
on Monday, what version of a horizontal push and pull are you doing? What version of a vertical push pull are you doing? What version of a squat are you doing? Are you doing a split squat, a unilateral version? So it's a really, really great way to create a customized program for the individual using a split that's been proven with thousands of people to be a very, very good, safe and healthy way to train. And then from there, um, I feel like that was a mic drop moment because you looked at me like, yeah, I've got nothing to add to that. So. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> and then um, the, the other thing to, uh, to talk about there is uh, some people ask us, well, where does calisthenics fit into this? So calisthenics fits in in a couple of ways. Number one, it has to fit in in your goals. If your goals are calisthenics, then you think about how do you want to train it. So not everybody's goals are calisthenics because it is a challenging journey to go down. For me, calisthenics fits into once a body becomes structurally balanced. So when we do this testing week and we realize that there's nothing that's really out of whack, then we go, okay, let's start pursuing some of these body weight movements that are much more demanding that have a higher risk of injury because we now know that the structural imbalances have been taken care of. Anything you want to add to that? No, mate. You're just uh, kicking goals over. <laughs> so this is really cool, you know, because if Phil and I have been friends for seven or eight years now, and if you went back six years ago, I would have these conversations with Phil and Phil would kind of politely go, yeah, you know, the research actually shows that, you know, if you do it this way, and I would think, ah, oh, Damn it, you know, I thought I had this perfect program and here's somebody that's got this uh, university education that's telling me, well, the research actually shows this. And we've used those conversations so many times. Phil would come in, train with us and go, like the last one that I remember was when we used to do static stretching in yeah. the warm-up. And Phil came up and with a real smile on his face, he said, you know, man, I'm starting to struggle to figure out a better way to train general population than the UMS. The only thing that you might want to consider is that static stretching has been shown to increase risk of injury and weaken you for the workout to come because of blah, 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 blah. And Yanni and me went, damn it. You know, we, we actually knew that, but we've still got static stretching in the warm-up. So we went back, we completely rejigged the warm-up and now the warm-up has no static stretching in it. It's all mobility exercises and, um, you know, body positioning um, to switch on and strengthen yeah, the body. And while you're strengthening your upper body, you know, push-pull, then you'll be um, stretching, stretching your the lower, lower body, body yeah. in a yeah. static way. So you're still getting the benefits of static stretching, but just trying to optimize it for like performance injury and injury management. And so, mm. and yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, I've like, I was thinking about, you know, over the last eight years of doing my study in a sports science degree and, and, in, and in physiotherapy and like reflecting on how much time we actually spent, uh, spent learning uh, uh, program design and, and tr coaching exercise movement. And I think like, it's, it's really bugger all, which yep. is just a, <laughs> yep. like it, we, we learn a lot of the science around things and how to, um, you know, research this other stuff, but uh, it's just been amazing to have, yeah, eight years, of, seven years of um, learning from the, from these guys and learning from the Australian strength coaches I talked about. And that's where so much of the knowledge has come from. So yeah, it's mm. an awesome two way street. And I think, yeah. yeah nice. And that's uh, for many, many reasons. This is why I love Phil as a physiotherapist, because when we, when people go and see him, he gives them advice coming from a perspective of he understands how to bench press, how to squat, how to deadlift he doesn't we don't get people to go to him and they come back and say oh i can't um, move except for you know blinking my eyelids for two weeks until i learn how to control the motor units in my um <laughs> eye a bit better that's a joke of course but it's a it's a pun at the fact that some exercises that physios get people to do are just ridiculous now listen guys we're out of time so i'm going to give you because what i say has a little bit of a delay 30 seconds so i'm going to give everyone a, a 60 seconds to get any questions in if anyone has any questions because we've got a bunch of viewers here if anyone wants to know anything 
anything about the way that we write programs, why do we do it a certain way, please get the question in. Even if you just put a, I have a question, and, and so we know not to end the show, and then we'll give you time to write it. So I'm going to give you guys 60 seconds um, to, to write that you have a question. Yeah. Um, Phil, have you got any final well, thoughts? Well, I think that, like, you know, we have got to this point now in the program where, you know, everyone's, like, really happy with it here, but uh, just say that that doesn't mean it won't change in the future. Because, yeah, yeah, we're always on the lookout for the best way to do things. Always, and, always. Um, if you do have any questions being like, oh, I don't understand why this happens like this and I think it can be better, like, send that our way and we'll look into yep. it and, or explain why we've, you know, done it a certain way because it's, yep. I think it's so key to constantly, you know, it's easy to feel like you've figured everything out and you, you know, you know everything, but I think it's, it, like, especially with the body where so much is unknown and, and science with the human body is really challenging. There's yep. so many variables, um, there's so many different parameters that have such a huge impact on uh, the research that comes out. So uh, just to say that we, you know, we're really happy with it where it is now doesn't mean that, you know, it won't change. It, it yeah. won't, yeah. won't see, still develop in the future. Yeah. And my final thought is anyone in this group, you know, the reason why we post these videos to the UMS Movement Mastermind and not to the UMS Online Coaching Group, which is, which is where we provide our highest level of coaching because it's people that are subscribed to the program is that we want to help everyone in this group. And what I want you all to understand is that if you're overwhelmed with your training, if you're overwhelmed, if you've got three or four of our programs um, and you don't know where to start, or if you've um, subscribed to the UMS Online Coaching Program and you've got access to all of our programs and you're just completely overwhelmed with it, post something, post a question, because this group is there for us to coach you guys. And, you know, look at the time that we put in here. If somebody posts a good question and says, I'm lost with this, you're, you're going to get a show of me and Phil literally talking you through, coaching you through how to solve your problem. Um, so, you know, we've got almost a thousand members in this group now. Um, I'm sure that some of you have got some questions, so please put them in there um, and we'll answer them. I can see Quok's got a question here. Um, so Quok's saying, uh, when you do upper body strength, what lower body stretches do you um, team it up with? Um, that depends on the goals, brother. So in the UMS program, great question, by the way. But in the UMS program at the gym, we work on, um, you know, the main gymnastics movements. So we work on uh, pike, front splits, pancake and middle splits. But we also, to a lesser degree, work on internal and external hip rotation. The more and more I train, the more I'm actually moving away from internal hip rotation. I'm yeah. starting to really question um, how important it really is, you know, and how much can you really improve it? And even if you did improve it, why would you? Why, like, what's it going to do for you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but external hip rotation, um, I still, I st think, does still have a place um, in my training at least. So yeah, that, that's how we do it, man. And um, you know, I have programs that I write for myself, and I work with um, somebody that knows more about flexibility for me, so that I can learn things and pass it on to you guys. Um, and it's all just around the goal. So so that's how it works. And then from there, um, as an individual, people will double down on something that they want to work on. So sometimes people, like at the, in the gym, we work on once a week we do pancake, once a week we do um, uh, front splits and once a week we do middle splits and then we teach people to do mobility um, every day every other day to maintain the gains that they've uh, worked on and then for the upper body uh, once a week we work on um, thoracic extension and opening up the, the pec minor so that we open up the shoulders and then the other day of the week we do um, full anterior chain stretching so we're um, stretching the arms above the head and letting our legs hang back from the rings things like that and also shoulder dislocates and things like that. I uh, hope that answers your question, brother. Anything else you want to add, Phil? No. 
That's it. Tune in tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow we're going to keep going down this uh, uh, topic of talking about how to put together a program, how to use the testing results that those of you that are in the UMS online coaching program and Unity Gym are doing this week. Uh, any questions that you have, uh, I'll do a post uh, at the top of the page. I'll pin it as an announcement. Um, put your questions in there and uh, we will answer them tomorrow for you. Yeah, and don't forget to hit the like button just because it's a different like button now. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Really. And check it out on YouTube if you want to. Um, oh, yeah, check out the videos that are going to be coming your way uh, probably Probably next week, I'd say they'll be edited about the middle and splits on don't YouTube. Forget, there also is the podcast option, and thank you to all those podcast subscribers. It's exciting to see we're up to like I think nearly eight hundred listens on the podcast yeah. now. So yeah, oh, it's getting you know it's getting we're there. Pretty so, much a big deal. Uh, yeah. So if you have any friends who you think you know who Tell can, your friends. like if you're training with someone at the gym, we just have someone who uh, is trying to get into exercise and, and needs some help along the way, and they can come in here and ask questions and um, yeah, share the podcast, share the videos. Um, mm-hmm. Really helps us out. Yeah. Nice one. Have a good day, guys. See you soon. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.